Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the I'm Paul Lonaji, Peter College, Brooklyn to the World, and we're back. I mean, we're called Brooklyn to the World, we're called Showtime Boxing, we're called whatever works, honestly, these days. Whatever pushes your hair back. Whatever pushes your hair back. Uh, my hair is starting to grow back in, actually. Yeah. It will be able to, it will be able to push it back soon. Um, so, we'll, uh, we're, we're, what are we going to talk today, guys? I mean, we got uh, what, what did we talk about last time? What do we got going on this time? I mean, I'm, I'm actually in Maryland. I'm not back. I'm not in the studio. I'm in Maryland because we have uh, the guy Russell fight tomorrow. We're also doing the Javante Davis and and, and Liam uh, Walsh fight. Uh, we're gonna do it in the, from the from the uh, screen from the monitor. We're gonna cover it. Uh, we're gonna take the BT Sports uh, feed, but we're gonna lead into it with uh, some talk and some post fight analysis as well. Javante uh, came in two ounces over and then had to come back and he made yeah the right. yeah that's what I heard and we were actually discussing that here at the production meeting with Showtime I, and I personally I said you know what. I personally think it's probably a matter of he didn't bring his own scale. You know, when you travel to a foreign country, you always want to have your own scale. Uh, as Peter Cards can attest, I'm very anal with my uh, personal travel scale uh, because we always knew I would always bring a scale that uh, was de- was on accurate uh, dead, uh, down to the ounce. How would uh, how did Marissa Tomei say it in, uh, in my cousin Vinny? Dead on balls accurate? Dead on balls accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I, want, <laughs> I always wanted a scale. I was dead on balls accurate, and I, and I bring it with me, and I really wanted to be touching it because I was scared it would be shake, shaking around and whatnot. So, so um, you know, so that when I would always check my weight every day, I knew where I was at. And I think I got a feeling that maybe Javante you know, is a little bit young. He's traveled to a foreign country, just expects to be able to have access to a scale, which you can never expect that when you travel. And uh, maybe he was just uh, not, I didn't have access to a proper scale before the weigh-in. So he may have thought he might, might may have thought he was on weight when. He, in fact, was slightly over. But he ended up making it in the old wall that ends well, you know? Yeah, it should be a good fight. I don't know much about Walsh. I'm sure you know more than yeah, I Yeah, but I, I, he seems hungry. I, 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 he, he, uh, from what I hear, you know, he's, he's not a bad fighter. Um, and obviously, he's about, what is he, about 30 years old or so. So I think this will be his biggest chance and maybe the only shot he gets at a world title. So he's got to be good on it. And I expect him to fight with that kind of determination and hunger. I saw at the press conference yesterday uh, there was some words exchanged between Mayweather and Walsh's brothers. Um, they were, uh, I don't know what, uh, what, how it started. I didn't exactly see the video, but from what I was told... Mayweather's Mayweather, starting to annoy me, bro. Yeah, what did he say? He's just, he's just like... He, remember what Suge Knight said about Puffy at the Summer Jam? Well, if you don't want your promoter all in the videos, uh-huh. dancing, like... Bro, yeah, you yeah. had your time. Just sit back, man. You know, yeah. like when you're asked to announce or present the press conference, then mm-hmm. you do it. You know, the same way Bernard, I mean, Bernard takes two hours to announce three fights. But, you know, it's like, you know, you have these guys. But you have Bernard. You have Oscar. We always had Richard Schaefer. You know, they promote the show, whatever. This yeah. guy is in every video clip, ES News, fight hype, boxing hype. He goes over, starts cursing them out, calling them pussies. Bro, you're not even fighting. What are you talking yeah. shit for? Well, he said, uh, yeah, that's what I heard. He said he told them that uh, he would beat a 
all three of them in the same night and whatnot. I don't know exactly what it started over. Here's here's where I I can shed some light on it. I'll tell you, that's the glass half empty part of it. I'll tell you the glass half full part of it. Is, is it well, he's in a new venture. Before this is a new venture, and you know he's still obviously new to it, and he's still got to get used to it. But for me, it's basically like he's showing the passion for this new venture, and he's maybe he's okay. Maybe he's a little bit too much. You know, maybe he's a little bit keen too much sometimes. Maybe he's sometimes he is all up in the videos a little bit too much, and all up in the in their uh, dancing and all. But whatever it is, you know, whatever should I said, maybe maybe that is a little bit of a description for him. But I, I also think like he's learning on the job with this new venture, and I believe it's also his passion. You know, like he legitimately gets excited about seeing his fighters win. He legitimately gets excited about seeing his fighters perform at this grand stage, and that he's. And he's uh, and that he's such a big part of it, you know. Like that without him, you know, this this would not be possible. Possible maybe for some of these fighters, you know. So, I think it's also part of his enthusiasm for this new venture, and he still kind of doesn't know where to place it or how to place it exactly, you know. And, and that's maybe, really uh, nice. Maybe, and maybe you know. as he goes along, you know, he'll he'll uh, kind of know know how to place it a little bit better. But I don't mind it only because of that. I, I because I, I I feel some genuine enthusiasm from him when it comes to his fighters and genuine love. No, that's, and that's cute. And, and that's really listen. rare because promoters play like they love their fighters. They really don't give a shit about their fighters, you know? No, of course. And, and and I, listen, I, I, uh, that's all adorable. Genuine. It's all cute and everything, but I don't I don't remember ever seeing a, a promoter in the ring during the public workout. Like, he's he's working yeah. on things with Javante while he's doing pads with his trainer. Like, bro, it's yeah. the week of the fight. Like, the work has been done. You know this is a public workout just for the media and the people yeah. here. Stop trying yeah. to take the spotlight again where you're showing me stuff while I'm against the ropes. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of the ring, bro. Get away from the camera for once in your life, you egomaniac. Let the kid yeah. have a little light. Yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. Oh, like, when you do, when you go there, you know, you catch and then move, move. He's telling him to move this way, and he's trying to cut him off and move, move. Bro, it's fight week. Take a I'll walk. I tell you what, though, man. From my own personal experience, like you feel like if you don't get that out in the moment when you're seeing certain things, that it make you don't know that it may cost him later on when he needs it. You, then you're gonna have it on your conscience that you didn't open your mouth when you should open your mouth. So go to camp with him. Huh? So go to camp with him. Be in camp with him. Or maybe you're still seeing some things during that particular moment. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not there. You know, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not there. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, know. You know? I never. I never saw Bob Arum and Todd DeBuff get in the ring during the public workout well, and start well, working. They're not. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna know what the fuck is going on anyway. Real, know? real quick, guys. You think? Yeah, uh, Paul, you got. You guys think that they're gonna come up with the money for Floyd for the McGregor fight or no? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you guys a scoop here, and this is a scoop you guys get here at Holy Malinaji. Whoa! That's the Twitch uh, uh, podcast. I was just coming for the production meeting, and here's what was spoken about. First of all, Steven Espinosa is not in town, which for me, for me tells me he's working on this thing right uh -huh. now. Okay, number one. Number two, we had him on, on conference call. We had him on speaker while well, the rest of us were in the room, and he spoke a little bit about this. He said, yes, the McGregor, fight, McGregor side of the fight is actually done. Dana White is not lying. Their side actually did do it. Because, you know, sometimes people make like things that don't when they're not. He, so Stephen said, no, Dana White and McGregor have agreed to their side of the of the of the of the pot. Um, it's up to now. It's now up to Floyd to uh, figure out how he's going to work it uh, and and his negotiation, and then of course the split, uh, the percentage sides of, uh, of of the pay per view and whatnot. So there's still a lot of work to be done, you know. Uh, but Stephen said uh, if he had to guess. He thinks the fight will get done. You know, he thinks the fight will get done, and he thinks it's probably in the fourth quarter of this year. You know, wow. later on this year. You know, so 
So in the, in the last part of the year, you know. So I thought that was good news. I thought that was funny. I thought that was fun, you know. Um, and uh, you know, Mayweather's gonna come out of retirement for the fight. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. You know. Well, we know how you really feel about it, so we've already covered this nonstop uh, for well, for a while. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I I think you know UFC is gonna have a part of the undercard promotion and the promotion and whatnot. So I, it's gonna be interesting to see just how you're gonna put the whole show together. Besides. Floyd and Connor, you know, who do you put on the undercard? I mean, what, are you going to put MMA fights in there? Are you going to put boxing fights in there? I don't even know how this works. You know, Probably I'm both. Sure I'm sure there's going to be, like, a weirdness to it, you know? I, I remember I had Cub Swanson calling me out, like, every week for, like, a while, you know, before my last fight, you know? Who the um, fuck is that guy? Cub Swanson? I don't know. He got, like, 115,000 followers on uh, on Twitter. So I, I'm sure our, our, our MMA uh, fans know who he is. But I'm sure maybe Cub maybe would want to do, like, a boxing match. Um, I don't really think I want to come out of retirement like Floyd's coming out of retirement to do it, but you know, um, maybe Cubs want, huh? want to go box somebody. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking out loud um, about how you how do you fill up the undercard if UFC also has a piece of this promotion? You know, because they're going to want to be compensated as well. By you do both. Yeah, they do both. But what are you doing in a ring? The UFC is all with the octagon. You know. What no, saying? I know. Um... Sometimes, yeah, you have you have one and one. You have an octagon like, unless in the ring. Unless you're doing boxer versus MMA guy again, which how do you how do you kind of set that up? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's only been talked about with Floyd and, with Floyd and Connor. Um, like, I, I mean, if, if I felt more enthusiastic about my boxing, I would say, you know what, I'll come out of retirement too to fight Cubs once for one night. But I, I really don't feel like we're going through the lose the weight loss again and, and making weight again and whatnot. You know, um, but who you get? I mean, who you really get that makes it interesting for a boxer or a MMA guy? You know what I'm saying? That that is legitimately going to generate interest from the public. You know, I think Swanson is a relatively pretty big known, pretty well known UFC fighter. You He's know, 25 and seven. He fights at 145. He's yeah, 33 yeah. years old. Exactly. So I would have to make welterweight again, which I'm, which is I don't, I have no desire at all. You know what I'm saying? But who can you get a welterweight for Cub Swanson to put on the undercard? Um, okay. Um, I hear I heard somebody told me Coach Swanson's training with Joel Diaz right now in some boxing. So, so, so you know maybe uh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe there will be a spot for him on the card. I'm just trying to think of an interesting on the card because one thing I don't want for this card, one thing I don't want is the on the card we had for Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, which is probably the world's shittiest on the card I ever saw in my life. Like the two worst, they had like the two worst fights you could possibly put together. Well, they should have Leonard to fight him. Um, no, I mean, Sugarway's too old. I mean, Sugarway's 61 years old. I still pick him. I don't know. Here's, here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, these are just things I'm, I'm saying out loud. You know, maybe in the end, you don't wind up with any MMA guys on the undercard, except, you know, you maybe just wind up with some separate boxing matches, and that's it. I'm just thinking out loud because I'm just trying to, you know, sell the, sell the show as a whole, and you want to get as many MMA fans as possible to also buy it as well as oh, they're, many they're there fans. already. They're, you already got them. Tell yeah, Cub, well, tell, uh, Cub uh, what's his name, Swanson Samsonite? Cub Swanson yeah. Samsonite, yeah. Um, someone like Saddam Ali would give him a nice beating. Yeah, so Saddam Ali is always with Golden Boy, and that's definitely not going to happen with uh, Al Heyman and, and uh, Mayweather being involved. They're not going to put on any Golden Boy fighters. So. I'm just, you think, uh, I'm just you think, thinking out loud myself. You, you think know? Floyd will carry him a little bit, or you think Floyd will try to knock him out? What about Lamont Peterson? Um, yeah, possibly Lamont Peterson. You know, who knows? You know, I, I think uh, that's, you know, I'm sure they'll figure they'll get it figured out. You know, they'll, they'll but yeah, they do that. They do that here, like locally <laughs> for like amateurs. They'll have uh, boxing and MMA on the same yeah. card. You know, I, yeah, not against each other. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I. Now you're looking at it against each other, which is a little bit of a different scenario, you know. No, of course, a, but they don't have to do that. It's a what box, I'm saying. It's a boxing card, so it should be a bo- it should be a boxing card. 
And if you have another fight that you could set up, like that, you're saying this Cub Swanson also, and Samson. The, the UFC brain doesn't use rings. The UFC brain uses octagons. So right. you're not going to have any fights on the undercard. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible. Right. You know, the, the UFC brain doesn't use rings. It's part of their branding is the octagon, you know? All right. Let's move on. Yeah, who gives a shit? Move on to what? Let's, let's That's the biggest news of the day. What else we move on to? Whoa, whoa, Why don't we move whoa, on whoa, to the whoa, weekend whoa. that we have tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we got a lot of fights coming up. I want to hear like all your right, expertise, all right. all right? Break it down all for right. us, champ. All right, go ahead. We got, we got Russell and Oscar Escondonis. Escondonis. Escondonis has some wins over Castellanos, the guy that just beat Gamboa. Right. And he also, uh, I think he has another decent win on his record, too. I forgot who it is. But uh, Escondonis, but the thing is, he's a brawler. Styles make fights, you know, and if you're a banger, brawler type of guy, I don't know to what degree of success you're going to be able to have against Gary Russell, but you definitely got to try to make Gary Russell uncomfortable, if that's even possible. We haven't seen much of that happen aside from the Lomachenko fight. So, so it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be relatively interesting to see if Escondon can put Russell in a situation where the fight becomes good. My favorite fight on this card, my favorite fight, because you also have Bartholomew and Relic, which I think Relic is the only known because he gave Ricky Burns a tough fight, but Ricky Burns obviously had nothing left, which is you know one of the reasons I wanted to fight him. He had a world title, and he was very, very beatable. Um, and he, Relic gave him a tough fight, but Burns ma managed to get through it. Relic. But, um, so Bartholomew, I think, beats Relic pretty easily. But... Jose Uskategui and Andre Durrell, for me, is the best fight on this card. Uh, Durrell, obviously, has been an enigma. He's been an unbelievable talent. Uh, somehow, he's never won a world title. I mean, and this is, this right now, he, he's in the conversation for being, if he never wins a world title, for being the best fighter to never win a world title. I mean, some people say Benny Briscoe or whatnot, but Andre Durrell right now, I mean, for all the talent and all the ability and incredible talent, uh, skill that he has, if he never wins a world title, he, for me, he's the best fighter to never win a world championship. I mean, also... So uh, you might be, at 33 years old, you may be climbing for the last time toward that goal. And uh, Jose Escuzcatelli is now in your way for the IBF interim title, uh, which is, means the winner gets a guaranteed shot against the Gale or deems the, uh, the vacate, you know? Um, Yo, before yeah. we get too far ahead, um, Ricky Burns, I saw his last fight. He lost to a guy that won the, Mar the New York Marathon. Yeah. From Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. But that was uh, after he beat Relic. Right. But, um... For me, Uskategi actually is the favorite in this fight. I mean, he's not known. He's actually alive on the dog for all you betting folks. I, I've worked with the guy's <clears> fight. He's actually, he's actually a monster. I think he I think he might be the best super middleweight in the world, and, and nobody knows about it yet. Um, that's how, how much I rate this guy. Um, wow. he, he's just a killer, killer puncher. Uh, over 200 amateur fights. Um, very, very rough. And, and the, Darrell, obviously, is the most talented guy in boxing right now for me. But his his desire or lack thereof it inside the ring is gonna have to he's gonna have to close that hole in his, in, his, in his arsenal you know because that's a big hole in his arsenal it's, he's he's talented he's unbelievable he talks a great game about how bad he wants it but then when when shit hits the fan you know like we saw in the Carl Frog fight he's throwing himself on the floor complaining about fouls and whatnot this is not one of those fights where you can mentally let up physically he's always on point but mentally he's not and this is not one of those fights where you can mentally mentally let up. And let yourself go because Uskategi is a killer destroyer kind of a fighter. Where is he from? Venezuela. He lives in Mexico. Ooh. Um. So. So. Um. You know, he knocked out. A, I, I watched a fight of his on Fox Sports One. He knocked the shit out of Julius Jackson. Uh, 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 Julian Jackson's son, the chef. Just oh, oh I saw that. In another, in another dimension, you know. Yeah. Well, so um, you know, it's uh. It's a tough fight, and it's a good fight because stylistically, I mean, Darrell is good enough to beat anybody in the world. But 
the thing is, this guy's coming with a lot of power. This guy's going to come with a lot of determination. This guy, this guy knows how to fight. So it's the kind of thing where, you know, he's going to put you on, on your heels and, and, and really make you uncomfortable. And, and do you have the mental wherewithal to stick it out and let your skills do the talking? Because if Darrell has the mental wherewithal and let his skills do the talking, he can, he can win the fight. You know what I'm saying? I think he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a better fighter. He's a better fighter than everybody in the world if he's, meant, if he's mentally there for me. That's how, good I, how much I rate Andre Darrell. But this guy is going to mentally pressure you, and he hits so damn hard, and you're going you're gonna to be in some very difficult positions in certain moments of this fight, and you're going to really, if you've mentally not been so stable in your career, this is really going to start to reveal that, this kind of a fight. So I want to see, uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this fight unfolds. It's my favorite fight on the card tomorrow. Hey, do you, how do you rank Gary Russell Jr. as far as like top fighters in the world, pound for pound? You, can you make an argument that he could be considered top ten? Um, I mean, he's got top ten skills, but I don't think you can make an argument that he's a top ten at all. I mean, he's got no wins over anybody credible yet. Um, he takes too many layoffs. I, I think today's uh, in today's fighter meetings, we were talking about uh, production meetings. We were talking about how Russell is sort of like Andre Ward. Uh, one of my bosses said, you know, he's like he takes too many layoffs and he's had injuries. And he said, I said, no, he's not like Andre Ward because Andre Ward won the Super Six before any of these layoffs happened. Gary Russell is still looking for a key win in his career. You can afford the layoffs when you have been, you've been on the board and you've got so many key wins under your career. When you have that many key wins and then you have these layoffs for contract negotiations or injuries or whatnot, people are always going to wonder about how, when you're coming back and what, is this guy going to come back, what the hell's going on. That was the talk when Andre Ward was out for so long. Some people were annoyed with him. Whatever it was, he was talked about because people knew he was that good. The problem with Gary Russell is he's that good. He's also that good, but he's got no key wins. So instead of people wondering when he's going to come back, they just forget about him. They forget about him every time. You know, so now, once again, he's going to be back tomorrow, and people are going to be like, oh, where's this guy been? You know, because they totally forget about him. And he's going to have to keep it consistent, you know, and he's going to he told us in today's fighter meetings, he has trouble getting opponents, which I believe. I mean, he's the yeah. terrible style matchup for the entire featherweight division. For me, he might be the best featherweight in the world. There's just nobody's going to fight him. He said if he can't get a, negoti- a unification fight uh, after this fight tomorrow, if he wins and he comes out uh, unscathed, um, if he can't get a unification fight in the featherweight division, he wants to move up to 130 pounds. At 130 pounds, I mean, who do you get? You know, I mean, the Lomachenko again? I mean, I don't know if Lomachenko is even going to bother doing that fight again. Uh, Javante Davis is kind of young. Um, if he gets to Liam Walsh, I mean, I don't know that Mayweather is going to be willing to put his young phenom in with a seasoned champion like like Russell so soon. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to remember, Javante is only 22 years old, you know? So so I, I still don't know where the answer lies tomorrow. I guess let's see tomorrow how good he looks. And then uh, we'll go from there, you know. How about how about Tevin Farmer versus? Uh... Yeah, that's that's definitely one uh, one option, um, Farmer. But it looks like Farmer and then Javante Davis are really is. is yeah, that, that's the is goal. Is what a talk really looks like. So I think if Farmer ends up in a world title fight, uh, it's probably um, Javante Davis. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, Paul, I want to ask you a stupid fan question. You, I, I always thought that, um, you know, that when Holyfield fought Bobby Chaz, he kind of he dogged it a little bit to not look so good because then he got the Tyson fight. Do, do you think it's ever possible fighters kind of don't do their best in a fight or just try to just because they think if they do too good, they won't get the next fight that they want? Or that's just something stupid said by a stupid um, fan. Well, I wouldn't say it's something stupid. Um, I wouldn't call that kind of question stupid. I think it's normal for a fan to wonder that kind of stuff, but. 
But no, I don't. I don't think fighters do that because you're putting yourself at risk to get hit with the wrong punch and get yourself knocked out. So fighting, I think it just works out that way play, because of the pressure. You play, hmm. you play boxing, you play football. You know, you you sometimes you can be disinterested in a basketball game. You do that in boxing, you get the shit knocked out of you. You know, so. So it's difficult. I think in the times that it happens, it's because guys are just unfocused because you know they don't get up for certain moments because it's not as big of a moment as they would rather choose it to be. And so sometimes they don't get up for it, and because they don't get up for it, you know, you know, sometimes they don't they don't look as good, you know. And I I I think that's definitely a case where maybe Holyfield looked like that against Bobby Chez because you know this is a guy who had been the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Now he was in a low level fighting against Bobby Chez. You know, maybe it'll look good for that reason. You know, yeah. he was just and sometimes you look into the next thing, and yeah, yeah maybe he was disinterested and whatnot, or you know, you kind of climb in the ladder, and you're not, uh, you're not really into it full circle. You know, so you know, so we'll see. And we got uh, yeah. we got other fights the same night too over in Newark. No, they are now they're now in the, in the Madison Square Garden, and uh, they've been moving. Oh yeah, away. I'm sorry. And it's a great fight, actually. I really like this fight, Terrence Crawford and Field Diaz. I really like this fight. It's just uh, they're having trouble selling it, from what I heard, because neither guy is a big-ticket seller. And that's unfortunate, because I think it's a terrific fight. I think Felix Diaz is a real sleeper in the super lightweight division. He's coming to his own. When he first won the gold medal, I thought he was overrated. I saw him in the Olympics. I thought he was beneficiary of the draw of, of uh, the opponents he got. Um, and then early in his pro career, I was not impressed by him. But as he matured into a pro, he's really, really come on, man. I mean, this guy is a fast, slick guy. He's... He's got a really good concept of who he is and who he's not. He's rough. He's dirty. Like some of these Central American fighters, you know, they come with just that junkyard mentality where they're dirty and rough and they have every dirty trick in the book. But at the same time, he's got a ton of skills, too. So, so the combination of those things makes him really, really difficult to beat. He had a, a very close fight with Lamont Peterson at 140. You know, Lamont was a very good fighter at 140 pounds. And then uh, uh, when he lost, uh, he could have won either way. And uh, he's got some wins where, you know, he upset Sammy Vasquez. He, he, uh, he, he beat Gabe Rosero, a guy beat Light Summer. You know, decent win as well. Uh, I think this is a moment for Felix Diaz in his career where, you know, he can come into his own. Now, having said that, Terrence Crawford is the man. I mean, he, he's legitimately the man in boxing right now. But um, if there was ever a threat, a sleeper kind of a threat, where you're saying, man, you know what, you know, Eight to one of you, like eight to one Crawford. I mean, that's I think that's ridiculous. Felix Diaz is, is that good that he should be eight to one against no one, even somebody as good as Crawford. Um, I think Crawford brings a certain amount of threat to the game. I think Crawford brings a certain amount of threat. Uh, I mean, Diaz brings a certain amount of threat to the fight tomorrow against Crawford. Um, it's a great fight. If Crawford wins, it doesn't mean Diaz wasn't is not a good a great fighter. I think Diaz is turning into something of a great talent, you know, and he could with possible great potential, you know. Um, Crawford may still beat him. Crawford may not beat him. I think the fight is that good, you know. But if Crawford beats him, uh, hopefully people understand that Diaz is a good ass fighter. And I think the fight will show that tomorrow night. Uh, I don't. Yeah, you're right. That eight to eight to one is just embarrassing. Um, Crawford. So I, night, you know what I think it is. Talk about, we talk about a lot of a lot of locks and whatnot. If you want to take some live underdogs tomorrow night uh, from the Peter Carson and Paulie school of uh, of uh, locksmithing. Uh, Uskategi and uh, Felix Diaz are two guys who are uh, underdogs tomorrow night that probably are uh, are legitimately dangerous to the favorites. I feel like I feel like this is common with people like uh, I remember when you fought Broner, mm -hmm. just the hype and the name. They had Broner as like this huge favorite, and mm -hmm. someone like Crawford who just dominates every time. It's like you, you know, you <laughs> go to the well all the time. You feel like the water's always there, you know. And I just this is a guy that. You know, it's. A, I think a, a diehard fan is like, "Wow, I can't wait to watch this fight." Where 
casuals are like, oh, so Crawford's going to go and knock this guy out too. Like, it may happen, but it may not. <laughs> it very well may not. Yeah. Um, it's a really exciting fight. I'm, I'm excited yeah, for this. You know what it is? Here's the thing. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. I'm going to tell you something. And maybe this is just me. This is not. This is me maybe looking too much into it. So don't take, take this with a grain of salt. I'll tell you this. I haven't seen Crawford fight a guy with explosive speed yet in his career. He's been all kinds of very, very good fighters. But explosive speed, I have not seen Terrence Crawford deal with it. And if we all remember, and I'm sure none of you will remember this, because a lot of people don't follow the amateurs, Terrence Crawford was beaten in the Olympic trials by Saddam Ali. Saddam Ali has explosive speed. If that is a style that bothers Crawford, that kind of explosive speed where you go from zero to 60 with that explosion of combinations and you jump back out, and you, you know what? It's that explosive speed that troubles you. If he still has trouble with that kind of explosive speed, Felix Diaz becomes a threat tomorrow night. Well, it's hard to time, right? Yeah. Huh? It's hard to time. Hard to time because it goes zero to 60. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and isn't Diaz lefty? And, and it goes zero to 60 where it's not where you don't see it coming, you know, because it's that kind of explosiveness. The explosiveness gives, takes away the hitch. You know, some guys want to be 0 to 60, but they don't have the explosiveness behind the speed. You know, the explosiveness behind the speed all of a sudden presents the, the threat in front of you all at once, and all of a sudden you're on your heels without even realizing it. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's coming from a southpaw angle. Yes, and it's coming from a southpaw angle. I mean, let's not forget Crawford Kent switch and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious to see about that. I'll tell you with a grain of salt, because the Olympic trials were nine years ago. You know what yeah, I'm of so, course. Yeah, but, but I have not seen Crawford with explosive speed. I mean, explosive speed is also very rare. You know, you don't have everybody in boxing has it. You know, but Felix Diaz has it. And so, again, I'm, I'm curious to see that tomorrow night. So, basically, you're saying people, boxing fans, set your DVR. You're going to be taping one fight and watching the other. Yeah. Well, and, well, here's the thing. I mean, we're on at 8 o'clock tomorrow on Showtime. We're actually on at 6 Eastern time, because Jamonka Davis' fight with Liam Walsh is in England at six. We're going to do, we're going to do that one at six p.m. Then we're going to cover uh, we're going to cover the rest of the fight. Uh, we're going to start at eight p.m. And then the HBO fights. I think they start at ten fifteen. You think it'll and be done by have, then? You also, you also have on ten p.m. Eastern time start. You have uh, which fight was that, Pete? You had the, you had a pretty good fight tomorrow. We have David Benavides against Porky Medina, right? Oh yes. Yeah, on Fox Sports One. That's a good ass fight too, bro. That's, That's a right. Fun fight. It's a fun fight. Both guys are. Oh, I've been in fun fights. Man. Of late. Let's always um, fight at the same guys, time. Both guys come to fight. Uh, so it's a, it's a great night of boxing tomorrow overall, man. It's a boxing fan's dream tomorrow. Um, you know, uh, all those boxing fans out there, I mean, I think tomorrow, night, tomorrow is an exciting day. And uh, Looking ahead a little bit, too, are you, going, are you covering the Brooke Spence fight? Yes, I am. I leave uh, next Wednesday for England. Uh, I have a flight to Manchester next Wednesday night. I arrive in Manchester Thursday morning, and then they drive me to Sheffield. All right, why don't you come in Tuesday? He come said, to the studio. He said that... Well, Errol we'll Spence is going to get hit with chocolate brownies. Yeah, well, I think it's a great fight. Um, I can't wait. It's been my favorite fight on the schedule. I can't wait. I'll also be meeting up with my last opponent. Shout out to Sam Eggington. Uh, won the European title last Saturday with yeah, a highlight will knock out of the Seferino Rodriguez. I still have not seen the fight because I've been all over the place. But I, I sent the you the clip. I saw the KO. Um, uh, uh, shout out to Sam Eggington, who's a kid who's been constantly improving and showing his mettle and interior fortitude and whatnot. And uh, he, he gutted it out last week. You know, he, he really uh, suffocated uh, Seferino in, in the Eggington style, where he just kept bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And, uh, you know, uh, shout out to him. He's, gonna, he's the new European champion. I helped him meet up with him as well and say hello uh, to him and his trainer, John Pegg. Shout out to them. And, uh, of course, I'm excited about next week. Next week is Brooke versus Spence, and the Coleman event is a good fight, too, guys. I mean, uh, Groves, George Groves against uh, uh, Fedor Shudanov. Is it Fedor his first name? Uh, Shudanov. 
uh, yep. the uh, WBA super middleweight title is on the line. And uh, I, I think Groves is one of the better fighters in boxing to not win a world title. Uh, to not have been world champion yet. But, uh, ironically enough, he's an Andre DeVos weight class. Well, we, we just talked about that Andre DeVos, for me, is the best fighter to never win a world title. Uh, in, in the same weight class, we might have the second best fighter in boxing to never win a world title, and that's uh, to me, it might be George Groves. You know, so so Groves is fighting shooting off next uh, next Saturday night at the Coleman event. I hope on Showtime we show it, or in the very least, we show some highlights because I really, really am a fan of that fight as well. It's been, a, I think, it's been a really good year, and uh, you know, some of these fights coming up, including the Brooks Spence, which you know, you know, I think could even be better than the Thurman Garcia fight potentially. And, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it, and Thurman Garcia was a great matchup, and it was a great fight, and whatnot. Uh, you know, exciting enough as it was. You know, um, I, I think boxing fans have really gotten a, a real treat so far this half of the year. I, I believe the budget is the budget, and Showtime will slow down a little bit in the second half of the year. Oh, because it's only natural we only have the budget we have, and maybe HBO will pick up. Maybe HBO has been waiting for us to kind of. Slow well, down and shoot all loads, so to speak, and then they're going to pick up in the second half of the year. I don't know. Well, they got. I've been, I've been very pleased. I've been very pleased with the, with the, what we've done in the first half of the year. Um, but I, I do think we're going to slow down in the second half of the year. At least on Showtime, we will. Hopefully, a real six of the slack. Well, speaking of which, and you got Ward Kovalev June seventeenth, and then you got seventeenth. You got Triple G Canelo. I'm working that fight with my friend at Sky Sports. Nice. I'll be there. I got Junior on the on the card. Peter Cards and. And Paulie Malinaji, we're, we're going to invade Vegas. Should we do a podcast we episode? Should. We should. We should. Should we do a podcast episode right from Vegas? I'll do it naked. Sure, guys, send me out. Put me sure. in a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring you over in a suitcase. So tell him to tell him to fly you over. Come yeah. on. Okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> and I'll get Brian Daly on. The and phone. finally, got the Triple G Canellas on this on the on the schedule. Finally, yeah, too. Triple G Canellas on the schedule. Boom. That's what we're talking about. Nice. I think uh, but, Triple G gets arrested after the fight for. Uh, Murder? No, I listen. I think it'll be good as long as it lasts. I, I don't think it'll be premeditated murder because, because you need defense to be triple G. It's, it's it's a matter of styles. You you need to not get hit to be triple G because if triple G hits you, he's going to change your life, and so <laughs> that's, that's the fact. problem. You know, uh, Canelo is it, it doesn't enter the danger zone behind a very good jab, so, which means he enters the danger zone in a position to also be hit back himself. You know, and so so once you're being hit back yourself, it's not going to take very many hitbacks to. Um, to end the fight, you know, and, and that's my problem. Again, the wild card here is the, the body punching of Canelo. I, I saw the only time he the GGG backed up against Danny Jacobs was the body punching. Uh, I think Canelo can really whip some shots to the body. He's a great body puncher, and that may be, it may be his wild card, but um, I think it'll be short and explosive. Uh, I, I think Golovkin wins. If Canelo can win something, uh, you know, it could be, it can make things interesting, and maybe he can win, but if I have to pick, I'm going with Golovkin in the fight. And maybe Danny can get a rematch after that. Yeah, I mean, Danny, I think Danny's a, purely a better fighter overall than Canelo. But, um, you know, Canelo sells more. And, sure. and Canelo obviously is a, good, is a very good fighter in his own right. It's not like, oh, just because I think Danny's a better fighter, it means all of a sudden Canelo's not a good fighter. You know, Canelo's also a very good fighter in his own right, but I just feel like Danny's a more complete fighter. And when does Jamal fight in the middle? Wait, I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks at 160. I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't heard anything. You know, of, uh, we'll see, what, uh, we'll see what, what the schedule brings for them as well, you know? Yeah. Um, Anthony Durrell was in the fighter meeting this morning with his brother, and he was telling us that his fight with Caleb Smith for the vacant WBC sub middleweight title will be sometime this summer. He's looking at um, maybe a late July or whatnot. So we'll see. That we'll should see. be a good fight. Yeah, we'll see where that happens as well. And and uh, Anthony said they won the first bid, so that means uh, Caleb is going to have to come to the U.S. So we shall see. 
how that works out. We didn't get a chance to talk about Canelo and Chavez. I mean, uh, well, you guys kind of probably kind of nailed I think, it. I think, the, I think the less we talk about that fight, the better it is. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say, I mean, the poor kid can't get out of the way of punches. He can't get out of his own way. He ends but up, getting, thing. Here's, he I'm, ends I'm up getting robbed by fucking strippers or whatever. Oh, did he? I didn't even hear that. People on Twitter are funny. You know, I tell my abuse this guy. Um, and, and I have nothing personal against Oh, you like him. You you That's because he can't fight doesn't mean he's a bad dude. He's right. actually a really cool kid. He just can't fight. He can't spell fight. He can't spell Pelea. He can't spell anything, you know? So spell so weed. Problem. <laughs> you, know, you know, people are like, oh, well, what did you do in your career to criticize Chavez? First of all, I only lost the guys that were supposed to beat me. Okay? I only lost the guys that were favored. I, I, I had a boxing background that was a national champion in the amateurs. Chavez, it's not for about five or six gifts throughout his career. Again, guys like Matt Danda, Brian Vera, um, Carlos Molina twice early in his career. I mean, legitimate gifts where he lost all these fights and he got them. Then Chavez wouldn't even be in the position to get the Canelo fight on pay-per-view, which the fight never deserved to be there anyway. But then when you when you go deeper beyond it, they sold a million pay-per-views. Yep. So wow. Who's less and less? Well, I put <laughs> on Twitter. I put on Twitter that they're going to sell more than they did than they will with Triple G and Canelo. I, I think right. I agree, bro. I think I agree with that. So. I don't feel bad for if you spent your money on that, bro. I mean, me and Peter Card, you know, we we get all the pay-per-views, so we don't care. We're just boxing fans. We, we all, me and Peter Card want the pay-per-views even knowing they're going to suck. You know, like right. that's all the boxing fans we are. If there's a boxing pay-per-view, we, we order them. So, you know, I, I don't feel bad for for us because we, we just like our boxing. But but if you just ordered that pay-per-view thinking that you were going to tune in for, like, your one pay-per-view of the year or, like, your one pay-per-view of the month right. or whatever, right. whatever your budget is, and you, are, and you chose that one, how do you feel bad for you, bro? Right, if that if that, well, if thought, that was your I budget. People, I thought you were one of the people that was, like, arguing with me about why, why the fight, why I shouldn't be abusing the fight. The fight sucked. The fight sucked the moment they signed it. I mean, it was, there was no uh, there was no reason ever to think that fight could be good. I was more excited about the undercard. I was more excited about Jojo Diaz and, and Tino Avila. You know, I was yeah. more excited about Lucas Matisse coming back against Transformer or Emmanuel Taylor. You know, I was, that was, I was more that excited was about those kind of fights, you know? Matisse impressed me. Matisse impressed me. I, I thought Emmanuel kind of packed it in, unfortunately. He did, he did. I, I thought Emmanuel, uh, I think Emmanuel Taylor is a better fighter than that. But, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. When you get hit with that thunder, man. You got to decide yeah. if you really want to be in there. Yep, exactly, exactly. All right, go to your way in. All right, guys. It's been grand. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the, the brief show we had. Um, I'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll be we'll get a, sh- a show in this week. Uh, we'll talk about tomorrow's fights. Yeah. Uh, all right? Yeah. It's been real. All right, man. Peace. All right, guys. Later. Later.